0: Amen. Why don't we all take our seats this morning? And I just want to encourage you this morning. That one of the truths that was really strong in my heart, and I know that there's a couple of you here that will receive it this morning, one of the truths that was very strong in my heart in those days, around those days when the Lord gave me that vision, was that I had to watch my words. I had to watch what I was saying. I had to watch the heart that I was saying them from because our words are attached to our hearts. Amen. So we've got to watch our words and make sure that our words align with God's will. You know, what he, what he says we should be saying. We should be praying and saying what he says. And uh, when we do, uh, there's a consequence from it. I, um, I, I appreciated a, a verse. In fact, I, I got so excited about it, I put it on Facebook as well, but I'll, I'll just read it to you. It's actually one that we all should know pretty well. And uh, it's, it's actually from um, Proverbs 18:21. But I like this, this translation of it. It's actually called the Brenton Septuagint Translation. Believe it or not, Brenton. Uh, the Brenton Septuagint Translation. And it says this, life and death are in the power of the tongue. And get this part. This is the bit about controlling what we say and watching what we say. Watch our words. It says, and they that rule it shall eat the fruits of it. They that rule it. You have to rule your tongue. You know, the tongue can be pretty unruly, can't it? When you think about it. You know, the things that we just come out and start saying. Who's been there? No hands. Oh, three hands. There we go. We've all been there, you know, where, where our, our words... Don't match up what we really, really believe. A harsh word, an angry word, you know, a, a word said out of, you know, when we're, when we're just frustrated and maybe angry. That doesn't ha- happen very often, does it, Rosemary? We've... Of course not. But, you know, the, the, the truth of it here is, is that it's saying in that they that rule it shall eat the fruits thereof. And I believe the Lord puts a great responsibility on us to watch our words. Uh, Psalm 9, and someone says, "Well, how do you do that?" Write, write this scripture down. Psalm 19 and verse 14. It says, "Let the words of my mouth, this is a prayer we can all pray, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer." Amen. Let the words of my mouth. In other words, let me say according to the meditations that I should have in my heart and not anything else. Amen. Well, praise the Lord, that's not my sermon this morning, and so it's kind of close to, so we're going to get into that message so that we can uh, complete. But how important it is uh, to use the scriptural pattern um, of words that we speak, the life um, uh, that comes back to us as we speak God's word, uh, to live our life. You know, to uh, one of the themes, or I should say, the main theme that we've been on recently, is uh, the getting our faith to work. One of the key truths that we've been seeing is, is that our job, our part, our responsibility, is very much, um, very much, uh, to release the word of God, uh, to say it, to pray it, to be busy about the word of God, to be scripturally aware. And to know the promises of God, uh, we're just uh, at the moment about to restock uh, the library. Uh, we've been looking at some, some uh, good catalogs and getting a hold of some good words that, you know, even, even if you wanted to just stock up your little library at home on books that are really good about the promises of God, about speaking, about your faith, about the word of God, just stocking it up and getting a little bit light on down there. And we want to make sure that there's no lack of that uh, teaching. Uh, available to us all so that we can all get in there and, uh, and in, uh, get involved. But, you know, uh, we, we, the last uh, couple of weeks we were talking about uh, getting our faith to work for us like a servant. Who remembers those teachings a couple of weeks back? Just getting our faith out there like the centurion who knew uh, that it was like being able to say to someone, go and he goes and to another one comes and he comes. The centurion got the commendation from Jesus. I've not found such great faith. No, not in all of Israel. Because he demonstrated to Jesus that he understood how faith would work. That how he could get faith out working for him with a command. with Speaking the word of God. So let's just concentrate now. We need to see the word of God is like seed. All right. So we're just going to shift a little bit. It's like seed. Releasing the word of God requires that we simply trust that it works if we plant it like seed you know the apostle says uh, uh, i planted apostle uh, uh, apollos watered but god gives the increase you know make a note we have to see that for God to give the increase, the increase represents any grace that you need, any circumstance you need turned around, any mountain that needs to be moved on your behalf, whether it be healing, whether it be a, a, a social area or a circumstance that's impossible for you. For God to bring the increase, we have to bring the seed. We, the seed will follow that increase. Paul said it, I planted, Apollos watered, but God gives the increase. I'll read the scripture to you from uh, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 4 to 7. It says, "For uh, for when one says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? There was a bit of division going on here, and a little bit of a a dissension about you know I'm with Paul, I'm with Apollos. I watch this preacher on YouTube, and I do this, and I do that. Uh, Paul says, but but who is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers through whom you have believed, as the Lord gave to each one. You know, you need to know who's been given to you. That's how it works. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So then neither he who plants is anything, nor he who waters, but God who gives the increase. See, God gets the glory, no matter what. And when it comes to faith, we need to know what our part is. It's to release the word of God. That that promise from God's word that covers our need, like we were planting a seed. Can I have someone watching out in the car park at the moment? Thanks, Robin. Just uh, maybe a, a little wander across the car park. Once we've done our part, we only need to trust that the Lord will do his part. I don't know about that. I'm, I'm, make it simple for me. If I'm in the workplace, tell me what I need to do. If I'm going to get the best out of this, if I'm going to get what I should be getting out of this, just tell me what I need to do. Who, who, who's like that when they go into a new workplace? I want to work. I want to do everything according to the rules. I want to do what I'm supposed to do. Uh, I want to know how to do that. So tell me what my, what my needs are. Our key job is to trust that God will do his work of increase if we'll do our part, whether it just be planting, sowing a seed, any of those things. The task we have is simply releasing the word of God as seed, planting it and watering it. We need to know that the word of truth, that promise in the word of God that fits your need It's powerful when we believe it, it's incorruptible and enduring in nature, enduring in nature. We need to be a people that have made up our minds that we're going to be a word people, not just Christians that go to church on Sunday. Sorry if that hits a little hard. We want to be more than just Christians that go to church on Sunday Because God wants to be serious in our lives, so we have to be serious with him. Amen? We see the place in the letter to the church in Thessalonica. Paul gives thanks to God because the church there have a revelation of the word of God as the truth. That is effective when you believe it. Amen? It's effective when you believe it. And in 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 13, he says this, For this reason... We also thank God without ceasing, because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God. Which also effectively works in you who believe. When we've got the word of God working in our lives, it works effectively. Changing, adjusting bringing about those changes that we need in our lives when we handle the word of god as incorruptible seed we get a we get better at doing our part what did the centurion say if you remember rightly what did he say speak the word only jesus heard him say that and said whoa this guy's really got it turns to his disciples and says wow you have did you hear that Because the centurion said, it's okay, you don't need to come. Just speak the word only, and my servant will be healed. Wow. He understood. And then he went on to explain, he says, because as a centurion, I say to this one, uh, go, and he goes, and to this one, comes, and he comes. Uh, So Jesus just was stunned by his understanding and realisation that he's a man that knows how to get the word to work in his life and he's prepared to do it. He's prepared to uh, push aside all of his major responsibilities and make sure that the one thing that he's doing really well is speaking the word out over his life. Amen. We will never speak the word of God with authority if we're unsure of its power. Unsure of its power. Of course... And, of course, it's in the Word of God when we believe it. Amen. The Apostle, Paul, uh, the Apostle Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, and verse 23 to 25, "...having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the Word of God, which lives and abides forever, because all flesh is as grass, and all the glory of man is the flower of the grass. The grass withers, and its flower falls away, but the Word of the Lord endures forever." Now, this is the word by which the gospel was preached to you. That's that word, the one that endures forever. So the seed brings forth of itself. It doesn't need our help. It doesn't require a little prod. And we understand um, uh, how it's it's not limited. It can't be locked down or chained. Paul tells Timothy, I like this one as well, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 8, remember that Jesus Christ, of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But look what he says. Look what he says there. But the word of God is not chained. The word of God. In other words, it's not limited. You can be in the worst possible place, and the word of God will, will pass out of there and get to where it needs to go and affect the thing that it needs to affect. Mark chapter 4 and verse 26 And he said, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does uh, not know how, it's underlined, it should be underlined. What have we got here? We've got the wrong scripture. How long were you going to wait for me to, to... Rosemary, what were you doing? (laughs) And he said, the kingdom of God. I'll say it again now because you didn't tell me. (laughs) Mark chapter 4 and verse 26. And he said, the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day. And the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head. After that, the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Notice the mention of sleeping night and day. Got to mention that. We've got to realize that. Too many believers, when they read this, gloss over this. You see, that speaks of time lapse between when you've prayed and when you have the answer to your prayer. the the time lapse exists scripturally right here between planting and harvest it's a powerful revelation to have that when we pray we must be patient to see it through because our harvest that comes is going to happen only if we're patient the Lord will always be faithful to his word that seed sown to see because it's incorruptible it's powerful and to see if uh, anything is happening, we should not go after we have prayed and try and pull that seed up and look to see whether it's growing or not. If there's any veggie gardeners in here, you know what I'm talking about. You just let it be. You just plant that seed and let it stay. Let it stay in the ground. It's doing its work. That's where our faith comes in. You know, uh, pulling it up to see what's going on and how, how long it's taking, how, how come this is taking so long is where our unbelief kicks in, and of course it renders the seed uh, quite useless. You know, when we have prayed and sown the seed of God's word, the promise that we need fulfilled, and the thought comes, why hasn't my prayer been answered? What should you say? That's a rhetorical question. You don't need to answer it. But what should we say? Your word, Lord, is incorruptible. I've planted it, and now I just need to water it. Thank you, Lord. You are faithful to your word. Don't be worried about the time lapse. It's in the Bible, night and day. After you've sown that seed, night and day, it'll bring forth. Thank you, Father. It's through faith and patience that I inherit your promises. That's how we begin to pray. Don't give up. Don't despair. Get the watering can out. And water the seed you've already sown. I'm talking to parents now as well that have got children who who have not continued, perhaps in church attendance. I'm talking to those. I'm saying to you, don't give up on your kids. Just because they've had time away from God, don't give up on them. Keep praying for them. Keep praying that they'll come back into kingdom, uh, 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 kingdom ways and kingdom principles. You know, the Lord's arms are always ready and open and ready to receive them. You know, he's always ready to kill that fatted calf and to throw a party. He's ready. And, you know, you'll, you'll be rejoicing as well. Look what it says here. And we desire that each one of you, Hebrews 6, verses 11 to 12, we desire that each one of you show the same diligence to full assurance of hope until the end, that you do not become sluggish. Actually, many of the versions say lazy, lazy. But imitate those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. We, need to, we all really need to see something important here. It's a truth to take away. And if you'll get this truth, it will change the way that you pray. It will change the way that you release the word of God uh, with your praying and saying. And again, so let's just look again at um, Mark chapter 4 and verse 26. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crop by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. For a man or woman in the kingdom of God, our new normal is to scatter seed. How is your seed scattering going? Is really the thing that I would just ask you all. How's that going? Have you got seed scattered? Have you got scriptural prayers that you've released and sent out? Because church, we all need that. We all need to be seed scatterers. Notice that the process of seed sowing, our praying, our saying, it does. It takes time, night and day. And the way that that seed grows does not require, get this, our inspection. How's that? (laughs) I prayed two weeks ago and nothing's happened. Shush. Don't say that. Who said it was going to take two weeks? Who said it was going to take three weeks? In fact, it doesn't say how long it's going to take. So stop putting a time frame on God answering your prayer and keep your seed planted and water it with faith and patience and particularly Thanksgiving, you know, that that, that word there, that scripture there, for the earth yields crops by itself. It's a Greek word, automate, and we use a direct translation of it when we came up with the English word automatically. Uh, The earth brings forth of itself automatically. That's how the kingdom works as well. It's just automatic. It's not real uh, uh, big science going on there when we're sowing it. God's faithful to his word faithful to his promises. The scripture says that he, he watches over his word to perform it. So again, the question is what word have you got out there by faith? What promise are you standing on? We don't need to uh, know how the impossible situation is, going, uh, situation is going to turn around. So it doesn't matter how big your mountain is, you can still speak the word to it because you don't need to know how it's going to turn around. You just got to do your part. We've just got to plant the seed and God will bring the increase. You now, that's an exciting truth to get a hold of because so many of us try and nut it out. We get involved with our thinking. We start to go, well, I've prayed this, but I just don't know how God's going to do it. Stop. Stop trying to think about how God's going to do it or how he could possibly do it. Because how many things are possible with God? All things are possible with God. And we know that. We, 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 we even sing that. Amen. It's just automatic that when we pray and say the word, it's just automatic. Our, our part is to plant and water. We don't need to know how God will bring the increase. How silly it is to pray the promises of God and then be found out on the paddock, pulling up that seed to see if it's growing. Or even getting involved with our natural mind to say, well, God's going to possibly do it this way. When I saw that vision talking about rosemary when i saw that vision uh i had no idea how god was going to bring that to pass but what we did we just kept on walking in his ways kept on being open in our heart for him to speak to us lead us guide us direct us in that uh, uh, in that um, direction i tell you it was a very exciting day the day we stood up and looked out upon that congregation i knew it was the exact scene that the lord had given me five years earlier in an open vision how exciting I knew that we were right in the will of God. And you know what was special? Because knowing that vision was true and then knowing the trouble we went through. <laughs> we went, so much, went through so much trouble in that little church, you know what I mean? Just a, just a small thing, you know. Uh, well, I think we started with about um, 40 people came to that first service and the following week, 10 came, you know. Then after that, we grew to 12 And then we had a church split and lost half of them. And so we were back to having six. You know, we only needed a front row because they could all fit on the front row. But I tell you what, we grew. You know, we grew in those days. And God um, uh, led us through to a a great church there in uh, 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 in the southern downs in, um, in Queensland. You see, when you pray a prayer that aligns with God, God's will, his word, that's his will, okay, His word is his will, okay? Don't be stuck spending too much time going, well, but what's his will, what's his... Just pray according to his word and you'll find yourself praying according to his will, amen? Faith requires patience. When we plant the word of God by faith, we water it with patience and thanksgiving. Every time our thoughts wander over to that need, you know, how impossible it is, whatever it is that you might be thinking, the thing that scares you about that need, every time your thoughts wander over to that, just water it with patience. We thank him. We praise him. We don't need to sow any more seed. We don't need to pray again. You know, oh, two weeks have gone by, so I should pray again. Who says? Who says? that you need to pray again. There's nothing wrong with the prayer that you prayed the first time. It's still effective unless you pull it up. And you do. You pull it up with your unbelief. You pull it up with those thoughts that say, oh, no, this isn't, no, no, I can't be working out because it's taking too long. so As someone asked, um, uh, you know, uh, Kenneth Hagen, how long will it take? He said this, if you are prepared to believe forever, it won't take that long. And that's a great, little truth to tuck in your heart if you're prepared to believe forever what you're believing God for and you're prepared to believe forever no matter what it looks like it's not going to take that long amen you know someone might ask how often do I need to thank the Lord for the answer well until you can thank him that it's yours that it's mine you know the believing prayer the 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 word doesn't You know, you you don't pray again and again the same thing. You continue to water the word with patience and thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. I believe I have what I've prayed for. And you you start to, yes, stand. Having done all to stand, it says in Ephesians. Stand therefore. Having done all to stand. You know, it's not a cryptic quiz for you to try and work out how he's going to do it. It's not a puzzle to solve. That is based on us understanding how God is going to answer the prayer before he answers the prayer. It doesn't work like that. Watering the word with patience and thanksgiving will help us to stop being anxious. Can I get an amen? It will help us to stop being anxious. And I like Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6. It says, be anxious for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. That's The remedy, that's the tonic for anxiety. If you ever have it, if you're experiencing it at the moment, your anxiety will be healed by your thanksgiving and your prayer. Let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. So in other words, don't even go to your understanding because it will surpass your understanding. Oh, I still have the problem going on in my life. How come I still are getting those little anxious thoughts? Why is that? Well, you see, it passes understanding, that peace that you can actually reside in, just actually begin to just locate yourself in that peace that the Lord brings. You know, we pray until the Lord says stop you know, and I think the Lord's telling me to stop today too. So one little more testimony, one little more testimony uh, today. And you've been really good because I know some of you've got a bunch of children hanging off you at the moment and some going in there and some over there. So well done today. But, you know, we were in a, a particularly difficult situation when we were first married. And I remember this one morning and we've been praying, I think we've been praying for about 18 months about this situation. And, uh, and of course, um, you know, you're giving the Lord thanks and you just have your moments when you're particularly uh, weak, uh, when you're tired, when you're, you know, and your your thoughts go to the situation and you look at the how difficult it is and what you're doing to to maintain overcoming and, and you're feeling weary. And I remember this one morning and I had, um, there was something wrong with the radiator of the car and so it meant opening the bonnet and pouring some more water in it because the radiator was leaking before I drove off uh, to this job that I had that was Sunshine FM um, at six o'clock in the morning. And so what I did was, was I quietly started the car. It could start quite quietly, but um, I drove it around the corner. And I thought, well, I'll just top it up here so I don't wake Rosemary up. And I uh, was being a very thoughtful husband. Um, you do need to be a very thoughtful husband early in the marriage um, as uh, we were... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thoughtful still, aren't I, darling? Um, but, but I was topping it up. And as I was topping it up, my thoughts went over to this problem that we'd been praying about for about 18 months. It was an impossible situation for us. It was a financial situation. And I heard the voice of the Lord again. And he said, he said you can stop praying about that. I, tell you, I, I nearly started to cry there on the spot. Because I, I, his voice was so crystal clear to me. You could stop praying for that. Because I wasn't real smart, but I could put one and two together and get, I'm free from this. I don't know where the answer is going to come from, how it's going to come. But the Lord's saying, you don't need to pray about this anymore. And we got this amazing, miraculous turnaround in that testimony where it involved lawyers and going to see a lawyer about compensation. And the lawyer said to me, he said, it was like an angel came down and got involved in this case. He said, this is a lawyer, he was not a Christian. And he said that he heard a voice telling him how much to ask for because it was actually more than what he had planned in his paperwork. And he got into a, a meeting with the convener of, that looked after the insurance and he said he heard a voice telling him how much to ask and it was more than what he had planned to and he was surprised that he was actually even responding to the voice that he heard but he did and he said usually they will argue for every dollar of that compensation claim and argue against you and give you reasons why they can't give you that much and he said whoever this guy was is, I've never seen him before never heard of his name before but he was the one that came into the office that day and he said are angels like that and I said well I believe in angels you know and this apparently had the conversation and and there was no argument at all from this convener he just said yes we'll give you that and it was the exact amount that we were believing God for and we just never saw it coming we never put a lot of weight on that particular situation or what we might get from it but the Lord just blessed us uh, uh, to the exact detail of what we needed and God's that good you know our God our God is that faithful and uh, it just set us, as I say, uh, uh, you know, it set us free and, um, and we we're able to glorify the Lord. But I want to just make an invitation this morning. And, and, and I believe it's not so much about you stepping up with a, a new purpose to uh, stand on the promises of God. But actually, it's a commitment to watch your words. Because what can also tear up our words is the things that we allow ourselves to meditate on. And say, like those two scriptures, we need to learn to rule our tongues. You know, don't speak loosely, don't speak uh, uh, nonchalantly. You know, don't don't be don't be careless with your words, just simply because someone's around that might enjoy that type of conversation or enjoy that little chatter. Become really careful with your words, you know. Don't speak out of, uh, don't speak out of a, a, a hatred toward people. Never do that, uh, obviously. You know, uh, become very, very careful. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be found acceptable in your sight. Let's have a fast through the month of October, okay, where what we're going to do is we're going to stop eating anything except the words that we shouldn't speak. Because the truth is, that is a fast. According to Psalm 19, verse 14, because we eat the fruit of our mouths. Can I get an amen this morning? So let's have a fast, so we're going to stop eating words that we shouldn't be speaking. Let's fast that, I say, in Jesus' name. And and remember the scripture, look it up yourself, Uh, Psalm 19 verse 14 and and begin to meditate on words that we should be speaking and saying. You know, we need to watch those imaginations and the words that form because we allowed ourselves to imagine the wrong thing. Amen.